Hello and welcome to the Finance, Business, and Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Adina Applebaum. I'm an accredited financial counselor, financial and business coach, and public interest immigration attorney. This show is all about the relationship between empowering ourselves through finances, building businesses that create social change, make an impact, and also help us and our families build wealth in the process, as well as how ultimately these things can assist in your journey of finding your purpose. So many of us have been told that it's either or, that we either have to um, focus on making a lot of money or on helping others and doing good. And this show is all about how it doesn't have to be either or. It can be both and, and in fact, often When you are following your purpose and empowering yourself with your finances and creating a business, it really allows you to do all of these things and thrive financially, as well as make change, help others, and create an impact. So in this show, we're going to be sharing lots of practical steps with you on how you can be strengthening your finances, building wealth, starting businesses, and also starting or continuing on that journey of finding your true purpose. We'll also be sharing lots of stories from our incredible guests who are purpose-driven entrepreneurs, who are experts in these spaces and creating social change um, and inspiring all of us. So thank you for the time to listen to the show. Um, I love, love, love hearing from our audience. So if any episodes in particular resonate with you, or if you're wanting to hear more about a topic, please do reach out to me. The best way is on Instagram at Adina Applebaum. It's linked uh, below in most of the show notes. And I can't wait to connect. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Hey, y'all. It's Adina, your host of the Finance, Business, and Purpose podcast. Thank you for joining the episode today. Let's talk about prioritizing your finances so that you can serve others. To start off, why is this important? Well, this is an issue that comes up a lot with people I talk to, people do consultations with and coaching with, um, particularly folks who are more like social justice, um, social impact oriented. There's often this kind of tension or guilt um, that comes up where you might feel wrong or, or weird or uncomfortable recognizing the fact that you need to be financially stable in order to help others and make an impact and carry out that vision that you have. Um, This also comes up with a lot of people I speak to who have grown up in families where they're taught to really like take care of everyone else before themselves. Um, This is particularly common with women. And I do hear a lot from our students um, in immigrant finance school, from the immigrant community, whether they're immigrants themselves or U.S. citizen children of immigrants. Um, I think a lot of non-immigrant U.S. citizen women also, you know, face this just with, you know, gender norms and all of that. But yeah, it affects people in different ways. Um, So yeah, why is it important? Let's dig into that a little bit more. 
So I can tell you uh, just from personal experience, being someone who has been working in the nonprofit social justice space um, my whole adult life, you know, about 15 years now and grappling with this myself and then later being someone to start an online business, some of my thoughts about it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts too. This is a conversation I'm really interested in. So please reach out. Um, But yeah, I I had to just finally realize that it's really hard to help others in at the level and scale you want to when you're worrying about and struggling with money all the time. And a really helpful concept for me um, to wrap my head around this was thinking about it in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I've definitely talked about this on the on the show uh, multiple times. You heard me mention it. It's a concept from psychology. If you've ever taken a psychology class, there's like this um, image of a pyramid and kind of different levels of the period. I'd recommend Googling it, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So you can see the visual. The visual is really helpful. And it shows you that at the bottom of the period, we have our our, our basic needs. Um, things like shelter, food, water, breathing, um, sleep, basically survival, like what we need to do to survive, right? And then as you go up the pyramid, there's other things that come up like safety, love and belonging, self-esteem. And then at the very top, there's self-actualization, which is things like creativity, problem solving, um, you know, making an impact, being able to help others in the world, right? Being able to basically step into self-fulfillment and becoming your highest self and who you're meant to be and make the contributions you're meant to make. Um, And how this concept is talked about is that it's, you kind of have to move up the pyramid. It's really hard to fully be living from that top space of the pyramid at the, at the tippy top of self-actualization when you are really struggling with the issues at the bottom of the period pyramid, whether it's physiological needs like food, water, breathing, um, or safety, you know, like shelter, right? Being able to feel secure, having employment, right? Being healthy, things like that. So, you know, there are a lot of really amazing, inspiring people who, you know, in reality are struggling with with very real things at the those bottom categories of the pyramid, but are also, you know, making an impact and helping others and having a vision to help others and, you know, in that place of self-actualization as well. So I'm not saying that like you can't get there if you're struggling with finances or any of these things. Um, but that being said, it certainly limits your capacity to be really fully living from those things at the top of the pyramid and helping others and getting to be creative and make an impact and change the world, right? If, if there's a piece of you that's in the, in daily life, like struggling to survive in whatever way that looks like, whether it's worrying about the bills every month, um, or, you know, maybe, maybe you can get the bills covered every month, but you know, you're not really, you know, you're not really moving forward your finances in terms of long-term goals. You're not, you're kind of avoiding preparing for retirement. 
you're not really saving, you don't really have an emergency fund, or maybe you have like a lot of savings and cash, but you're not investing at all. And you know that that money is losing value every day due to inflation, being in a bank account or in cash, and that it needs to be growing in order to keep up with inflation, in order to be stable and safe later in life when you can't work or if something happens in retirement. So this is how finances comes in. Um, I think of it as stuff at the bottom of the pyramid that we have to be strategic about, get a plan around so that we can feel really safe and secure. And I have like such a relationship with this idea of safety and security when it comes to money. Um, You know, I'm someone who is third generation, um, great granddaughter of Jewish refugees who fled to the U.S. with nothing, fleeing for their lives, you know. Um, And so that that kind of like fear of being able to be safe, certainly, as many of us knows, gets passed down in generations, like even just apparently in your genes or your cells or something, I don't fully understand. But also like, you know, the way your family raises you, it gets passed down. And so um, I have both had to deal with that aspect of the safety and security around money. um, In terms of like, you know, no matter what my financial situation is, even if it's really secure, like still not feeling secure. Uh, that's something I've had to work on a lot over the years. I've done a lot of um, research on in terms of like money mindset and worked with coaches on that to understand that better and work on that myself. So I can also help others on that. So I can help my coaching students on that as an accredited financial counselor. So I've dealt with it in that regard. I've also dealt with it in the real actual, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay the bills this month. Being someone who has worked in public interest, nonprofit jobs, um, you know, my whole career, and also being someone who's married to an immigrant who doesn't come from a wealthy family, right, who came here um, really, like, through our love story. And we struggled a lot with finances for many years, which ultimately led to us recognizing the problem that there wasn't support and resources to guide immigrant families in the financial system. Uh, We felt very alone and in the dark about it and led us to later create immigrant finance, um, which is our, our, um, our financial education company for immigrant families. So I have dealt with it in many ways. um, And, you know, I've also been in that place where I'm dealing with it and struggling with these these issues at the bottom of the pyramid in terms of finances, but also you know thinking at the top, being at the pl- at having some of my mind space going to issues at the top, thinking about how can I help more people, how can I make an impact, how can I follow my purpose, um, how can I change the world because that's the kind of person I am like many of you listening who might also identify with social justice issues and social impact and wanting to make a difference in the world. So again, it's not that I'm saying that you can't access those things at the top if you're struggling with the issues at the bottom, but you're just going to be held back in how much you can contribute, how much of an impact you can make, um, to what capacity and degree you can actually self-actualize in that area at the top if you're if you're dealing with finances. So I tell you all of this to explain why it's so important to prioritize your own finances so you can serve others. And I want to draw attention to this because 
again, I've struggled with this a lot, this dilemma. And I talk to people all the time in the social justice space who struggle with this, where they feel like that if they recognize that they need to improve their own finances or that maybe they do really need to increase income because it's really exhausting worrying about paying rent every month and the bills, um, they, they feel guilty, right? We feel guilty and we feel like we're, we're being selfish or greedy or something um, because we're so oriented toward serving and helping others. And it feels like some kind of conflict when it really shouldn't be. That's ultimately what I've learned over the years in this journey is like, it's not either or it's both. And like we, we need to be stable. We need to have a foundation at that bottom of the pyramid so that we can help others. Like it's, you're just simply going to have less mental space to really help others and carry out the vision you have and follow your purpose and how you're meant to help people if you're constantly worrying about the bills and money or you're constantly worrying about how your money's just losing value in the bank account, not invested, or you're constantly worrying about how you're not really prepared for retirement or, you know, how you have family, you need your help that you can't fully help. So all of the issues with finances, whatever it is for you, however it shows up, if you're ignoring those or avoiding those or putting them off or saying, you know, maybe there will be a better time. Um, I can deal with that later or I have to think about it. That's a really common one. I have to think about it. It's like this huge decision and it feels like this huge momentous thing to tackle that like, oh my God, how could I just start, right? Like I have to go research a million things and that's exhausting and I don't want to do that. So then I just kind of kick the can down the road, right? And it never really happens. Um, I want to, if you are someone who that, who resonates with that, like, I want to really encourage you to see in this moment and recognize in this moment that the key to being able to fully serve others and help others is to also serve yourself and to prioritize yourself in this case with finances. Right. And it also applies the same with health and other areas of self-care, but Finances are part of that. That's how I see finances. It's it's an area of self-care. And the most like clear way to explain that is like anxiety, right? Anxiety about money. Like how does that affect you physically, right? Like I remember when, when my husband Mal had first immigrated here in the first few years when we really struggled with finances and money, like I remember feeling anxious all the time and At the time, I didn't really realize it because it's all I knew, right? I didn't know it didn't have to be that way. And I was so in it, but like really not sleeping well and not really being able to be in the moment a lot and always having that worry in the back of my mind and like having to say no to things a lot, like being able to go hang out with our friends because we we couldn't afford it to go out to the bars that weekend or, you know, missing... um, missing my sister-in-law's wedding because we couldn't afford the flight, right? Like to Ecuador. So those things really impacted my mental health, our relationship, um, you know, my self-care, all of the things. And even at the time, even though at the time I was doing amazing, uh, impactful public interest work, you know, building a program to, Uh, improve the law for immigrants, right? And doing all this impact advocacy, 
like the degree I was able to do that was severely limited because of my financial struggles. So I want to name that because I think it's something people don't talk about enough and needs to be talked about more in the social justice space um, because we don't need to have that tension. Again, it doesn't have to be either or. And I'm not sure exactly where that narrative came from, but I just know being in the public interest space and having worked in many different nonprofits and environments, like both abroad in different countries and in the US, like that was just a recurring vibe that everybody seemed to normalize that like, yep, this is how it is. If we want to like be mission oriented and help people, like we just have to struggle financially and that's how it is. Right. And it, I think um, something that's been really helpful for me recently, I talked about this in another episode can't remember which one right now, but this kind of continuum of, of scarcity and gluttony is helpful um, to get clarity on this because um, so if you think of a line and on one end is scarcity, one end is gluttony, scarcity being, um, you know, that these ideas of there's never enough, I have to struggle, that's the only way I can help people, I have to sacrifice myself and my family, um, you know, something bad's going to happen, right? So I'm always going to be unsafe, even if I've saved, right? That's that stuff of scarcity is on one end. And then the other end is is gluttony of like, you know, I'm just going to um, not help anyone and be totally selfish and go work corporate and do work I hate and I'm miserable about just so that I can make lots and lots of money and not have to worry about money, right? These are very extreme ends of the spectrum. And I know there's a lot of gray in there and there's a lot of different reasons people go into those different fields that like add a lot of factors to that. So I'm not saying like people are at one end of the spectrum. I'm just drawing out the extremes here so we can look at this this line, this continuum. Um, so I think what, I, what I've seen is, is people in the social justice space out of those two extremes fall toward the first one on the left, the scarcity one of what, what I was describing. And they, they think, we think that if we start to recognize, you know, this is actually affecting my mental health. This is affecting my family. This is affecting my, my um, self-care. This is affecting my relationship, right? Like this is causing me anxiety. Um, this is limiting how much I can actually make an impact, right? Like we think we have to stay there because we think that if we moved a little bit to the right on the continuum, that means we're getting into gluttony where we're just like, fuck everybody. I'm a selfish capitalist. I don't care about helping anyone. And I just want to make a lot of money, right? We, we think it's either or. And usually uh, most things are not either or, right? There, there is that gray in the continuum. So uh, my goal in this episode is to help you kind of see that there is space between those things that there's a continuum. And one of my mentors helped me see, this is very powerful for me to see visually, a visual learner, um, that abundance is actually in the middle. It's that balance, right? Abundance is not gluttony. That was very helpful for me to realize. No one had drawn that out for me. Abundance is not, you know, like having so much and, and craving and going after so much money that it's at the harm of others, right? So the way she explained it to me that was really helpful was like, 
Um, gluttony is kind of like when you overeat so much and you're so full that it's like uncomfortable, you know, you're stuffed and it's uncomfortable and like your stomach hurts. That's gluttony, right? That's not what abundance is. Abundance, she said, is having just enough to be comfortable, right? And no more, right? It's having just enough to be comfortable and it's more than the scarcity end on the left where you're, you're sacrificing and you're uncomfortable and, and it's like at your own expense, right? So I would love to see more people in the social justice space think about how they can move a little bit toward the middle in this continuum, whatever that looks like for you. And prioritizing yourself a bit more, prioritizing your finances so that you can be in a position of abundance, so that you can be in a position where you can move up a little bit on the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy and be in a position where you're not having so much mental space go towards survival and you can open up that mental space to be able to help others more so you can serve others. So you can be a little more comfortable and get to focus on doing the work you're meant to do in this lifetime to help others, right? I hope that makes sense. Um, I'm very passionate about this topic, as you can see. And to bring it all back to finances, like that's, you know, I'm never someone who was interested in finances. Um, I never took, like, I never even loved math, right? But I grew to fall in love with finances you know, through my personal experience struggling, struggling with Mao and he immigrated with these financial issues and, and having no choice but to go learn finances and get good at it. Um, I fell in love with it because I saw how much it changed our life to learn these skills, even just basic money management, learning to budget, right? Um, and then I saw how much it was changing the lives of the people that we've been helping over the years through immigrant finance and how empowered it made them, um, no matter what the immigration laws are, no matter how harsh they are, no matter how little options they had immigration-wise, through finances, there's so many doors that open. There's nothing that you can't do as an immigrant with finances. And for non-immigrants, for everybody else, I really believe in this topic I'm talking about today, this is a key, like building a financial plan, learning financial skills, becoming financially literate, um, taking time to invest in your financial education. It's a way to move a little bit to the right on that scarcity gluttony continuum toward abundance, something closer to the middle so you can have some more stability, so you can spend less mental space feeling anxious and worrying about money. Again, whether it's covering the bills that month or knowing you're going to be okay later in life from retirement or knowing your parents are going to be okay and you'll be able to support them or your siblings or, you know, knowing that your money is just not losing value in, in a bank account due to inflation, like whatever it is, it's about being able to, to move yourself up a little on that pyramid and have some safety and have some stability and a foundation so you can go on to what you're really here and meant to do. That's why I love finances. That's why I love financial planning. I'm very passionate about it because I have seen in my own family and in the families of so many people we worked with, we, we have worked with that it allows that. It creates space to 
build that foundation so that you can focus on your higher level things so that you can start to move toward self-actualization. So um, I hope that's helpful to hear. Again, I'd love to connect with you on this topic. If this is something you're struggling with, book a consultation. We offer free 30-minute consultations. I'll put the link in the show notes. We can chat about it. Happy to help guide you and kind of how it's showing up for you specifically, how and help you see like how finances and financial planning could be a way to start to climb out of that a little bit and why it's so worth your time, right? An investment to to invest your time in finances and financial planning so that, again, you can start to move away from some of the suffering and scarcity and self-sacrifice and be able to serve others and do what you're really meant to do and just have less anxiety, right? Less stress, sleep better at night. Um, Know you're going to be okay, right? Have a plan. Um, It's extremely reassuring. And I hope this is encouraging for you to hear if finances are something that you've been nervous about or avoided. I know that was definitely the case for me when I started. I was extremely intimidated about finances. And I have to say, it's they make it sound more complicated than it is. It's really not that complicated. A lot of it is actually more simple than it sounds. Um, I always say 99% of finances are actually psychology, not math, because a lot of it is about like just learning your habits and having a strategy and like kind of rewiring some habits and having systems to move forward your goals. It's like goal planning basically and implementing those goals. And it gets very, very exciting when momentum starts to build. Like for example, with um, investing in the stock market, you know, we've worked with a lot of people who are the first in their families to ever invest in the stock market. And it is just so exciting to see their faces look up when, you know, they're a few months in to having started and they're starting to see the growth happen. They're starting to feel the momentum and they're like, okay, I get it now. This is incredible. Like my money's literally growing and making money while I'm sleeping, while I'm on vacation, while I'm with my family. Like, how can I do this more? And so it's about getting through the the, the first hurdle of the avoidance. That's really the hardest part with finances. Not the math, not the concepts. It's getting through your own shit, excuse my language, and excuses and avoidance so that you can just start. And then it's like all fun and from there because it just things just get better and better in all aspects of your life once you commit to improving your finances. And I'm excited for you if it's something you're thinking about. I look forward to connecting with you. Book a consult in the link below and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Finance, Business, and Purpose podcast. I hope you learned something today. Our goal in this podcast is to be helping you feel more financially empowered, helping you see what could be possible potentially with creating a business or a side hustle or something where you can share your unique gifts and talents with the world, as well as increase income and build wealth. And also to get closer on that journey of discovering your purpose and what you're here really to do. So if you have found something valuable in this episode or another episode, something that would mean so, so much to me that can help us 
reach and help more people is if you could take one minute to leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is go to the show, scroll all the way down where it says ratings and reviews, and you'll see a little checkbox that says write a review. It really helps with the algorithm so that we can get the show out there and reach more people to help. So thanks for considering, and we hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.